This is Hair Therapy, cultivating the conversation around hair and scalp health. I am Kate, your host, and as a hairdresser, educator, and a trichologist, I am obsessed with all things hair. Whether you're interested in optimum hair and scalp health or have a hair or scalp condition, we have expert guests who are specialists in their field on a variety of different treatments and solutions, along with inspiring real-life stories. Perhaps you're looking to support someone who's had a hair or scalp concern, or you're a hairdresser who would like to know how to better support their clients. I am here to provide knowledge and information to help. Think of this as your very own audio resource library for you to pick and choose what is useful to you. I'm so glad you're listening today. Let's navigate hair health together to learn and grow. So welcome. Today I have Martin with me and Martin suffers from alopecia, but I'm going to let him introduce himself in a far better way and tell you a lot more about it. So welcome, Martin. It's really great to have you on today. Yeah, my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself then, what's been happening. Yeah, okay. Well, I had a lovely full head of hair with a a wonderful beard and everything else, um, and all of a sudden, I didn't. (laughs) So, you know, it's probably a good idea if I explain what happens. Start of lockdown in March, April time of 2020, a time of great stress for a lot of people, I'm sure. And for me, um, my financial situation was very much tied to keeping contract work going. And the market was looking a bit shaky. I'm sure you can imagine the financial services industry, a lot of companies were going through quite a change. People working from home, stopping recruitment, all these sorts of things. And, you know, I was in a position where Although I don't recognise it when I sort of think back, you know, my wife will tell me I was under a lot of stress at the time. I say it doesn't feel like I went through that, but she considers that compared to the normal state, I was. Fast forward then about two months and I was just sitting there having some food and I looked down and I thought, oh, you know, an, an eyelash or something has come out of my food. Happened again the next day. So that's, this is really weird. And then I noticed when I was shaving, um, so, you know, just tidying up my beard, I noticed that I had a little patch in it. Um, and again, I, I noticed it, but I didn't do anything about it. And then the next day, another small patch in my beard, mentioned it to my wife, and she said, hang about. And she started rummaging around in my hair and said, you've actually got a little patch by the side of your ear as well. So that was the first of it. Within the space of two or three days, uh, more patches became evident. and so being in lockdown we couldn't get a an appointment with the doctor to to physically see them so we just had some photographs taken and that's been quite helpful in terms of you know looking back and thinking what happened because got that photographic evidence including the dates so i can see how rapidly things changed so we had a few photographs taken sent those off and what came back from the the doctors was that they thought it could be it could be a sign of of something such as um you know alopecia areata and um, so they suggested that there might be some um, steroid cream or something like that that might help. This was probably within a few days of those first patches coming to light. Within a week, I, I practically had nothing left. It had gone, and then within two weeks, it was completely gone. My beard did stay on the whole, apart from those patches, but within the space of three weeks, it went from 
you know, a kind of brownie grey into just white and was quite thin in places as well. But the hair just went. Eyebrows, some eyelashes. So I had kind of an odd look where I had eyelashes on one eye and not on the other. And and body hair as well. You know, I had a hairy chest that just went. It was very odd. And, you know, further communication with the doctor on it. I just, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't fancy steroids or steroid cream or anything that sort of, you know, I just had this... Um, uh, feeling about it that just for the recovery that I might have and they said it was you know 50 50 that you'll get any hair back and, and I just thought oh you know I'm in my early 50s I had begun to thin a little bit anyway so I reckon I probably only had you know three or four years before I'd have had to take some sort of cut anyway you know and, and, and probably bring it all back down to almost nothing and it happened in lockdown so that was another factor for, for me not you know, urgently feeling like I needed to do something because I felt I had time to see what happened. I wasn't seeing other people, uh, you know, occasionally on, on, you know, on a work call or, you know, a, a face-to-face call. Or, uh, I could cover it in other ways, you know, I could wear a hat or whatever. And, and so it gave me that space to see what happened and to see if nature would bring it back. You know, because there was a, another view that because I had um, plenty of allergies over the years, you know, asthma, allergies to dogs, cats and horses and things like that it could also be my immune system you know my um, response to allergies going into overdrive so so there you go so a few things were playing playing out at that time that you know it helped because I wasn't I wasn't just about to go on holiday I wasn't about to go into the office and meet lots of people and have those stares and everything else nobody who would you know who would see me and, and sort of judge me on it was was likely to be um coming in contact with me so I just thought well it's okay I'll I'll see what happens and I'll ride it out and I did uh probably for a couple of months of largely hiding it if I was going on a call I'd probably pop a hat on if I was you know I was in a video call uh, if I was going out to the shops same just pop a hat on and um I got used to it and another thing which helped me was that we had good weather and it's a small thing but it meant that I could get a bit of colour on it, you know. <laughs> so I just felt like, you know, my, my sort of head, you know, everything was the right colour. You know, well, I didn't feel like I had, you know, just this sort of pink face and a, <laughs> and a white helmet, you know. So all of those things helped me to, I, I think, accommodate it a bit better than had I had to face the world straight away. Had it been in the you know, deepest of winters when I was going to end up with this white scalp, those things helped. And my age, of course. Had I been a lot younger, I think it would have affected me greatly. But interestingly, now we're over a year on, the patches of my beard seem to have grown back. My hair grows back a little bit in patches, but not completely. And when it does, it's just a real kind of white fluff. It's not coming through like it used to. But I've I've got used to it now this time. So I actually, you know, I shave it. If, if there's anything coming through, I get rid of it rather than... I'm not even worried about seeing if it would all come back anymore. You know, I kind of got over that. Have you added up how much you've saved in shampoo over the last year? Yeah, and I reckon I've spent the same on hats. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say financially, it's a neutral situation, especially (laughs) because my wife cut my hair. So so I've saved nothing. I've lost nothing. You know, in in terms of hats is an interesting one. So I don't feel like compelled to wear one when I'm out. I do it for... For reasons of weather, you know, if it's cold, I'll put it on, and if not, I, I won't. And um, so that's different. That's changed probably in the last six to nine months. I've kind of got used to it, and I don't feel the need to cover it. 
Another thing that is still going on, though, is if I join a call um, with work folks and there's somebody on there who I haven't seen for a while, I still feel compelled to explain what happened. I know it seems strange. It feels almost like it's, it feels almost less sort of stigmatic in a way to say, oh, I had this kind of weird, wonderful thing happen to me that's so out of the ordinary, as opposed to, you know, I just got old and started to lose my hair a bit. Do you know what I mean? So there's an element of that to it. But I still feel the need to explain to people what happened uh, if they know me and haven't seen me for a while. And it happened today. I saw somebody I hadn't seen for about seven years since I worked at a a particular company. I bumped into him this morning because we part next to each other at at the local tip of all places. And and it was the first thing I explained was, oh, yeah, I look a lot different because. So I know it's still modifying my behaviour in other ways, the need to explain. But I feel thankful that I got to a certain age before this happened to me. And and this is the only other silver lining. I used to hate the fact that when I was on holiday, I had a bit sort of hairy back. I hated that. But that's gone. So that's, that's probably, probably the only other bonus I have for this. It was a shock. It was still a shock. Don't get me wrong. I, it's still, I'm okay about it. And I'm happy to talk about it. Um, because I've accommodated it, I found it relatively straightforward and I do see advantages to it um, as well. But those first few weeks, every time I caught myself in the mirror, was shocking. I actually just stood and looked and I just couldn't believe it because it felt felt like it had aged me by appearance, you know, just, just overnight. I worked with a chap who, with this happening to me, just said, ah, oh, do you know what happened to my wife when she was in her, I think it was 30s, I think he said, and um, it never came back for her at all. Wow. And she started off with wigs and hats and things like that. And after a while, she just got to the point where something flipped a switch with her as well. And she decided to accept it uh, and, and you know, even sort of draw attention with, I think it's some sort of you know, way she used to you know, drape things over and earrings and things like that. And just draw attention, less, less um, trying to hide it, more trying to make her sort of, you know, here I am, bold as brass and I don't really don't really care what you think so that was interesting that perspective because I you know I can't imagine what it would be like if um say if it happened to me younger certainly if I was of a different gender you know I think that would have been a lot more um painful socially yeah and I think it must take a a massive shift and quite a while to get to that point to just be like this is who I am I don't care if people are looking at me I look great yeah, yeah. So, yeah. would you say then, with your being in lockdown, you said it meant that you could leave it and see what happened a little bit more, that you weren't under so much worry about yeah. doing something about it? Do you think it also yeah. gave you time to kind of come to terms with it a bit more? Yes, definitely. Because I was locked away in that sense of not having to go out, not having to face people. So, so yeah, definitely. And you said that you don't think you were under that much stress. Do you feel that you're a kind of person that kind of internalises stress and just keeps going and going and going? Definitely. You know, if I'm busy um, with work and I've got a lot of deadlines and things, if I stop working, that gives me the space to worry about it. <laughs> so I, I'm just relentless. I will just fight, fight on. And it's, um, yeah, that's that's something that you know you always got to be mindful of um, in terms of the impact that can have on you, you know your, your downtime and everything else. But that's always been my approach. So when my wife talks about the fact that that I was stressed at that time, there were lots of things going on, and I did just plow myself into work. But 
whether this was biological, whether it was um, stress-related, I just, I don't know, and it's happened. Have you been focusing more on self-care and taking time for yourself in the last year, or have you just carried on working? I've carried on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm about to have some time off. Oh, so I'm, yeah, yeah. No, I did carry on, but I, it's an interesting one, you know, stress in that in that sense. You know, I my getting off hair a little bit here, but, you know, my drivers in, the, in terms of why I keep going with things, you know, I, I don't like to make mistakes and I like to have people think well of me and, um, you know, to respect me for what I do. And, yeah, those sort of things just push me on and compel me to, to carry on when others might perhaps stop. But, you know, at the same time, I have a life outside of work and, um, you know, I, I want to make time for that as well. So I don't say that um, I would necessarily exhibit signs of stress but others who know me well would know that, you know, I'm working hard because I don't want things to fail. And that would be where the stress came from, the fear of it going wrong. Yeah. So how important do you think hair is? Oh, there's a question. Well, it mattered to me a lot when I was younger. Um, even to the extent that I'd sometimes make choices based on what I thought might happen to my looks, you know, so although it seems logical to then think I spent so much time doing rugby but uh, when I was sort of 17 18 and I was thinking about going in the armed forces and I had a you know lovely head of hair and I thought to myself oh no do I really want to have all this shaved off to go through basic training <laughs> but uh, although I did you know did sort of go down that route for a while it, it would have meant um, a lot to me you know in my you know 20s and 30s and things like that I think it would have meant a lot more I think as I got into my mid-40s and friends around me of the same age were beginning to have male pattern baldness and things like that. It became less of an issue. And, 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 and now, funnily enough, you know, I've got a good, good circle of friends. When looking around, you know, I realised how many of them are actually, you know, bald or balding or, you know, keep their hair cut really, really short, you know, shaved. I didn't really notice it before. I notice it now. And it's kind of, I joined them when we were having jokes with the guys who got the hair, you know, about <laughs> joining our club. It doesn't matter to me enough that I would want to do anything about it now, if you don't know. Before this happened, if I saw adverts for things like um, uh, implants and things like that, sometimes think, you know, if I had the money, I'm prepared to go through the, 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 that sort of process, I might do. You know, that's what I used to think, say, 15, 10 years ago. But as it became more of a reality that my hair was thinning naturally before this happened, I started to think, well, actually, you know, I, you know, if I had the money, I'd rather spend it on many other things. There's a vanity, but I wasn't vain enough to actually go through any of that sort of process. So, I, you know, that's the sort of thing that it, it plays on that, that sort of, uh, you know, the concern that you look older or whatever if you lose your hair. But it, it was the sort of thing I thought I'd do if it happened to me. And then when it came to it, didn't really need it. But do you think that that is a part of, the fact that this has become a bit more of your identity now and you've taken that time to love yourself as you are now and embrace it. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you a professional in the hair industry? Do you feel confident addressing clients' concerns around the hair and scalp? Would you know what to do if your client began experiencing hair loss or had to go for chemo? Would you like to support your clients mentally and physically through troubling conditions such as hair loss? 
the Hair Therapy Hair and Scalp Salon Specialist course will make you a standout industry expert, enabling you to navigate these difficult conversations and elevate your level of client care, making all your clients feel well looked after and in the hands of a knowledgeable expert. This one-day unique insight into the world of trichology will help you raise your standing within the community and offer your clients more. For more information, visit my website or check the link in the show notes. Let's get on with today's episode. Yeah, possibly. But I go back to this point during lockdown when it happened. I had an option then of just applying some cream and I didn't do it. So when it came down to that, was I prepared to do something about it? Somebody says steroids to me and I think you know, mood swings and everything else. And, you know, does it have any other impacts on me? I, I wasn't even prepared to do that. So, you know, if you think about it, you know, I'd already kind of made a choice at that, that stage, even mm-hmm. though I, there was no guarantee that it would have worked anyway. No. If it had been a guarantee, then maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have. Yeah, I think that's perfectly valid anyway, to be honest, because it probably wouldn't have really done much. And you might have had side effects from that. And it is chemicals. Again, you come back to stages of life. You know, it's happened to me at a point when it's not unusual when I look around my peer group. It's something that I'd begun to think about because my hair had been thinning for a few years. So, yeah, it happened dramatically, um, rapidly. But I was so fortunate in the timing, I think, because of the other things that we've just talked about. That space to deal with it. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a big thing. But my, you know, you've got a young child in the house as well. They say things that disarm you. Honesty you know, my, my, is the best policy with I, children. I would say sometimes it's the second best policy. Um, <laughs> because my, my well, for them, it's their only mo. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, she was it. She said to me, uh, "So, Daddy, I, I don't like it now because your forehead goes back too far." That's what she said. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> she then, you know, the first thing that um, that she bought me as a present was a hat. So, so you know sweet. how she feels then. She's made that pretty clear. Yeah. Well, so I've got a, you know, a teenage son and he doesn't live with us. So you know, during lockdown, we've seen him you know, until you know, sort of conditions eased in, in, you know, in late summer. Um, and when he first saw it and, uh, and I said to him, oh, you just touch it, just feel, the, feel my head. He just wouldn't do it. He was, uh, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching you. <laughs> But that's it. My daughter won't touch her. She just, I don't know what it is. It feels normal to me, but it freaks them out. At least they're not smacking you around the head all the time or something. <laughs> that would be worse. Yeah. So yeah. is there anything that you wish that you had been told sooner or that you'd been offered? It's a tough one to answer because, you know, I dealt with it my own way. And um, I, I think it's about this whole stages of life thing. If I'd been younger, then I would have been looking for anything. I really would. But when it happened, I'd already kind of, we in the family have been having these sort of conversations about, oh, do you reckon I'll make it to 55 before I have to have the cut, you know, and things like that. So I think I was already on that path, you know, so it wasn't such a thing. It happened all at once. So, you know, I just dealt with it. If I'd been younger, definitely would have needed these other avenues to at least explore them and then make a decision. Yeah. So it certainly would have helped to know. And, you know, the awareness that there are things that can be done. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll lock that away because you know people do 
will occasionally you know t- talk to me about about this and you know relate that they know somebody who might be going through it so probably in the last three or four months um my wife said that there was somebody who'd gone through something similar or was going through something similar and mm-hmm. wanted to find out a little bit more about what i'd discovered about the whole process and um, so it does help to know that there are other things out just because i dismiss them it doesn't mean that others wouldn't have a greater need for it in one way or another yeah true and have you joined any support groups or facebook groups or anything like that or have you found that you've been okay with just your friends and family yeah i've been okay with friends and family but it's, that's my way anyway i wouldn't you know, it's not my in my mo to really go out and try and deal with anything with other people you know <laughs> still very much in-house it's always been the way so you know this is no no different to any other problem in the world you know <laughs> i deal with it in my own head first and then i'll then i'll possibly think about talking to somebody else fair enough not very healthy not not good advice but there you go. that's how i that's how i am well we all have to deal with things in our own way you know if you don't want to publicize it over the whole of facebook then that is obviously your right <laughs> yeah i mean going on a podcast that's fine obviously yeah that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> that's, oh don't get me wrong I, yeah the, the idea there's a platform that piece of people would listen to something i have to say but, well that's fine that does appeal but no i'm, <laughs> I'm uh, i'll occasionally be called upon to comment on something my wife's put on there that's that i i need to defend my capabilities as a father or a husband or whatever but uh but otherwise no i'm that's not my approach to things I'm, i'd be much more likely to speak to a person than via uh, a social media tool you know in, in that sense of uh, of discussion You're more likely to speak to a friend um you know my wife other members of the family things like that rather than seek necessarily you know other sort of help groups but i suppose again that is a really individual perspective because i know you've been comfortable and open once you've come to terms with it to talking about it with your friends and your family and work colleagues i think the people that I've spoken to that have had comfort from joining online communities and Facebook groups and things like that are possibly the ones that haven't been so comfortable talking to their friends and family and those closest to them and they find it easier to talk to people they don't know yeah just a different way of people that like to work really isn't it I guess yeah yeah no I you know I do understand it it's um uh, you know, my, my way is is uh, not necessarily always the best way, and there's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, exactly. You, on that point, though, whilst I didn't go looking for any groups or whatever, you know, I did start googling it. I just start trying. To, you know, I did read about it, mm-hmm. but I just didn't discuss that with anyone. You know, I didn't. But I did. Um, I was googling and trying to understand a bit more about it. And what I was interested most about was the the suggestion that it might come back. That no guarantees could be three months could be nine months could be a year but it might come back so that interested me because i i was what i was trying to do is just get the odds you know how how likely is that to happen mm-hmm. that's what i was interested in but i say it's over a year now and i've been lucky that i've kept the beard because that, that was you know my I, sounds strange way of putting it but i just wanted that to balance out the the fact yeah. that i've got no hair on my head and i, I basically i my wife described it as um, I started lockdown looking like David Williams and finished looking like Matt Lucas. So there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both very successful in their own right, aren't exactly. they? So I wish can't I could knock that either of them. Um, so what advice would you give to anyone experiencing this right now? I'd say work out your options. Don't get too phased by it. Work out your options. Because there are some. And it doesn't mean that they're going to work. But, you know, it's even just going through that process. If you then don't do anything, 
it's an active choice. You're not the one who's been done to. You know what I mean? You've, you've chosen not to do something about it. That in its own way is you accepting it. You're still taking ownership of that choice, even if you're yeah. not doing anything. Because then you decide not to do anything, then that's your decision. Yeah. It's not taken out of your hands then, is it? So I think that that would be one thing. And, you know, hard as it might be in any of these situations, you would hope that there is some positive that you can find. But, you know, that is very much from our perspective, because I think I do think it's a completely different situation with the way you would be viewed if it happened to you when you're a female. And I mentioned earlier rugby and there's um, a female rugby player. And I'm afraid I can't remember her name now. England player, very talented, but she I think was in the lead up to a World Cup. Um, she just suddenly lost all her hair um, and it's not come back you know and she's she travels a lot and I, I read an article that she she did recently she was explaining you know she's in a lot of foreign airports and things like that she goes to the ladies toilets and she gets pounced on by security because they see you know a bald head going in there and, and guessing because she's a rugby player as well she's probably you know quite lean and you know and looks um it looks the part, you know what I mean? Yeah, so a bit stocky. You know, she would she would yeah, she'd probably have, you know, broader shoulders than, than I have, you know, and, and probably be um a bit taller than me as well. So I am guessing can you imagine what um what difficulties that must cause and the hassle that must cause you? And yeah, so I recognise that it's a totally different situation if if you're not male and I and I say I come back to the thing. Age makes a big difference to how accepting I have been of it. But I think maybe anyway, I know as I'm getting older, I am slowly caring less what other people think about me. And I think you do learn to kind of just sort of say, this is me now and, and you know, sod what everyone else thinks. So I guess that yeah. is a good thing about age. It could be that ignore the hair. I've just become more curmudgeonly. And... Yeah. Well, I'm all <laughs> yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. There must be some people who will have had you know, experiences like this and um, and not got anywhere near the stage that I've got so far with just it becoming a something I don't think about very much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only those social occasions now where few and far between though they are, where I'm I'm meeting somebody who knows me. That's where it, someone who doesn't know me, I didn't even think about it. But it's where people know me that that's where I still a conscious thing of or self-conscious thing. Ah, must tell them what happened. Yeah. If you're a stranger, well there you go. You won't know that I just have lovely, luscious locks. <laughs> Can I just ask you, you know, you said you got alopecia areata. Yeah. But then they they do say that that can go to alopecia totalis. But you don't yeah. have alopecia totalis because you've still got your beard. I've still got the beard. and um, Have they called it anything else or have they still just said it's just yeah, no, that, severe that, 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 alopecia areata? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Um, you know, I've not followed up with the doctors, you know, for a long, long time. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's done now. Yeah, that, so in terms of recovery, as I mentioned, you know, occasionally I can see that it's trying to sort of come back in certain patches, but it isn't. It, it's definitely not back properly at all. From a, a body hair perspective, you know, I've still got completely bare arms and legs. Which is strange, wow. I've got a little bit of chest hair come back, but absolutely white, you know, so... Eyebrows beginning to come back a little bit, so maybe some some my hair will recover a little, but I, it's not going to change what I do, <laughs> you know, with my head. Yeah. No. But I spoke to a lady, and she, I think she said her hair started when it she had patches, and yeah. when it started to grow back, it was white, but then it did gain colour again. Okay. I've never heard of either because yeah, I thought yeah. once the melanocytes stopped making the melanin, that was it. But her yeah. 
they gave up for a little while and then they started working again. So I don't know why. Well, that's interesting. I guess if it happens to me, perhaps I would notice it on my beard Mm. then, if that does happen. This is another thing that I'm assuming is is completely related to it. I I can't get it to, to, to be really thick anymore. It doesn't seem to, it's relatively thin. So I keep it cut to a relatively short level. I used to be able to, you know, did in the past on occasion, grow it quite, quite sort of thick and, uh, and long. But no, I, I keep the beard quite, um, quite trimmed now because it, it goes too thin. I don't know if it's just because it's white that you see through it a bit more. But yeah, so there you go. Oh, well, it's been really interesting talking to you. And thank you thank so you. much yeah. for sharing your story and your perspective on everything. It's all right. No, I appreciate uh, the time to air it, really. I don't know if this has you know, helped or would help anyone else to hear. But, I think um, so. I say it's because um, it's, it's unique for any, everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's going to be on their own journey with it. But I think so. I do think it is interesting and I'm sure people will be able to relate to it. And I think they'll be interested in your perspective on, on it as well. So, yeah. Thank you very much. That's okay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hair Therapy Podcast. Please share this show with anyone who you think might benefit from it. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show. It really helps me grow and reach more people. Until next time.